0: Or uh, what is nothing? Yeah, hey, now that's deep. What
1: in the fuck are we doing here? What is
0: something? That's deep, bro. <laughs> Welcome to That's Deep, bro. Serious questions with silly people. I'm Christina Pajitsky. And, uh, (laughs) let's see if I can turn the volume down. I'm Christina Pajitsky. Hi. Welcome. Sorry. I'm a little, uh, a little slow and discombobulated today. (laughs) I don't know why. I think I've been traveling too much and I need to, you know what I'm going to do after this episode's over? I'm going to go to the beach. How about that? And today we're talking about uh, Zen and surfing. What is that? Why why do people say that surfing, bro, is the solution to all your your worldly problems? I feel like you know I grew up in LA and I I grew up watching reruns of Gidget. <laughs> you know, you watch all these uh, silly surfer movies, and you're like, what? Why? Why? Why are people so drawn to this? So my guest today is Graham Elwood, and we're going to get into it. Zen and and the spirituality of surfing. Uh, Before that, though, please come see me do stand-up. Guys, come on. You know, I mean, look, I'm coming to Indianapolis uh, February 19th through 21st. So come see me do stand-up at Morty's Comedy Joint. And then one night only, I'm going to be at Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, February 22nd at uh, the Derby, the Laughing Derby. It's a new new venue. My friends are running it. I think it's going to be really fun. My husband did it a month ago and he loved it. And also, uh Washington D.C., District of Columbia, March 5th through 6. Did I say that no? March 5th through 8. God, listen to me. What what is going to happen on today's episode? <laughs> March 5th through 8, come see me do stand up in Washington D.C. Um oh my album, Man of the Year, is on sale on iTunes. If you don't like iTunes, please download it at CD Baby. And if you would like, I'm the first 100 physical copies I'm selling, autographed um, on my website. That's the com, as well as your mom's house podcast.com. Um yeah. Deer shopping on Amazon through my banner at your <laughs> Jeez! <laughs> Deer shopping on Amazon through my banner. That's deepbropodcast.com. If you don't know what I'm talking about, like next time you do your shopping on Amazon, go to that'sdeepbropodcast.com and click on my banner. And like, it just kicks back some shekels to my show. Helps me out. Makes things happy. Twitter, at Christina P. Insta- I'm on Instagram. Are you on Instagram? I like that one so much more. I like Instagram. I like seeing people's lives. But I follow a lot more dogs on Instagram than I do people. What does that say about me? Who knows? Well, okay, here we go. I'm spirituality and surfing, and you don't necessarily have to be a surfer, I think, to appreciate the conversation we will have. Um, We'll see. Grandma was a super funny guy. I've known him for a million zillion years. And uh, yeah, let's get into it, man. So here's Graham Elwood. Um, Graham, I've met you a million years ago. I would say you were the first headliner I think I ever spoke to.
1: <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds... The way you... The picture that you're painting with that just makes... Like, how did that... How did that interaction happen? Well, because like,
0: you're the first, like... Like, I, like we, we used to do this dump called Martini Blues... And if you at That's that. right. The
1: Bill Word shows. <laughs>
0: yes, that's where we met. I knew
1: it. That's awesome. Yes. Yes, so, yes, yes, yes.
0: So for those of you don't with like so
1: far from LA. Who who else was always on it? Um Bernadette? Bernadette Balactas? Balactas was always on it. Natalie Gray. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you- yeah, and uh or- I was like the the token white guy cuz yeah. it was all like women and minority yes. women it was like Nadine Rajabi was always with yeah. love Nadine. It was all She's the best. I, I god I miss those shows those Bill Word shows were so fun.
0: Yeah. They they were cuz they, they were an hour south of Los Angeles. Right. So you really had to commit to doing you know, your eight minutes at Martini Blues. Yeah. And thank God for it, because nobody should have seen me do stand-up in L.A. for the first seven years (laughs) I was doing comedy. But you were the first headliner that I was like, whoa. First of all, here's two things I remember distinctly. It was a hard night at Martini Blues. One night, it it was just one of those nights where everybody was eating dicks. And you got up there, and you said the funniest shit you go all right, you guys aren't having fun. Let's lock these doors. We're going to read the Bible or something like that. And I was like, what? who says that to people? This is amazing. What a great job. And I love that you were going to force them to read. We we're going to read the Bible. It's so silly. Do you, do you still say that line? Um,
1: once in a blue moon, if it's like a really stiff crowd yeah. or they're talking or being like, I'll throw that in there. That came from... <laughs> I was born, uh, you know, I'm from the Midwest. And so my stand up career, actually, I, I started my stand up career when I was a freshman in college at the University of Arizona. So smart. But yeah, God. I was 18. Ugh. And it was just, you know, but then I moved back to Chicago, where I'm from, and just made my living grinding it out <sighs> in every Holiday Inn lounge and oh. bowling alley. <laughs> and just, so like, martini blues was like ah oh, this is a cake this is this is orange county like how you know there's no but there's no bikers that want to beat me up there's just like people who are mad their lexus didn't get detailed that day or whatever right so i mean i would i i mean i used to literally that's how i made my living was doing one-nighters like that for a hundred bucks a show wow or 150 bucks I did a not, show i did not know this and that i mean living in chicago and this is in the early 90s There was 12 full-time comedy clubs in the Chicago area. And then within a six-hour radius, you could fill your calendar. Hmm. And you would do these, like, it was through, like, John Yoder. So you would do these, like, you know, Tuesday in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Wednesday (laughs) in Dubuque. And then, uh, you know, (laughs) Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you'd close in Madison. That was, like, you'd get the... Right. And what they had a bowling alley run. Oh my god! Every <laughs> night was a different lounge in a bowling alley in Southern Illinois, and it was like four hours driving between gigs. This is
0: a, it's not this is Yoder, not Tribble. I this is Yoder. They're the same oh, okay. guy, basically. It's, it's just they're both. Yeah, there's another guy named David Tribble who books Hell Runs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Every every region of the country has a Hell Run person, and <laughs> the Midwest, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, mainly Wisconsin, Michigan, and Illinois. Yeah. And in Indiana was was John Yoder. Okay. So yeah, and God, and you so you just you just when you got to a nice weekend <laughs> room, it was like it was cake because you had just <laughs> been fighting it out with these goddamn sure. animals, you know? <laughs> and every once in a while you'd get one that was like, Oh, this was run okay. This wasn't yeah. I but I'll t- I could tell stories like this for hours, but I remember I did one of these things at a sports bar. And it was a two man show and I was the first guy I was the MC, so I was doing like thirty and then the headliner. The
0: MC and the feature is what you-
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Usually they hire two people to do one person's job to yeah. do this job that you're about yeah. to discuss. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just so the audience so knows. So the audience goes, so yeah. normally
1: there's an MC that does ten to fifteen, yeah. and a feature that does thirty, and a closer that does forty five or so. So this was a two man show, so I'm doing thirty <laughs> and then the headliner's gonna do an hour.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. In a sports bar. Sure. And it is a final. It is you know March Madness. It's tournament basketball season, which people love to pay attention to comics. That's what they want. Right? They don't want the sports. Yeah, when they're when they're going insane with face paint, they're (laughs) definitely they're definitely going to face paint your next album. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) This is and um. God, you know the the owner manager comes up and goes. You know we'll wait till the game's over and then. We'll turn all the TVs off. We're like, thank God, thank God. How
0: how many TVs are we talking?
1: Oh, 10. (laughs) And a giant one hanging above the stage.
0: (laughs) Always. Always. Gotta have that right
1: behind you or above, yeah. Above you. Yep. So (laughs) the, and it was, someone was playing, it was like Illinois versus Michigan. So we were in Illinois, so it was all these Illinois fans. Game goes into overtime. Manager goes, well, we got to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, comedy with Graham Elwood while there's a game playing you know? above my head. I'm not exaggerating in the slightest. And I was just going, no one's looking at me. They're all going, Oh, that's a foul, you know. So I just started announcing the game. I was like, Jazz with the ball coming up the dire side. Wow, he's got flat feet. Nice haircut, you know. And I'm just and I was getting some laughs with that. But then Michigan beats Illinois. So this table full of Illinois diehard Illinois people are then pissed. I'm going into my act now because at least at this point yeah. we've retracted the screen about zzz, <laughs> you know 12 minutes into my set or whatever sure. which isn't distracting at all. That's how you want to do comedy. It's ideal. I ask for it at every one of my shows. Yeah, you should actually have that noise in. going on now during this podcast. I love that. Is there some some sports we can play? Under your I love how story. I wish the listeners could have seen you look to your board. <laughs> like, is there a a screen retractable noise I can hit button? Does that did, did the soundboard come with that? So they then start yelling, you know, they're heckling me and they're mad. So then I started to sing the Michigan fight song. <laughs> oh, shit. and then I got half the crowd to laugh, and then I brought up the headline or whatever. So that <sighs> that's where I cut my teeth. So that's why Martini Blues was like cake, walk. Angela Johnson used to do those shows, that's, too.
0: She won the Funniest Female. Mm-hmm. There was California's Funniest Female contest. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, she won one year. And I, I think I won second place. I lost to Aretha Jones one year. who's was really funny. Um, but, yeah, so that's where I, I met you. And, uh, and here's the thing I, was, I remember so distinctly about you is that you were the first comic I met that actually had a hobby, Because I think that people don't do that anymore. There's a sense of, well, if I can't make a million dollars with this thing, why am I going to do this? And you had the hobby of surfing. And I thought, that is the coolest thing ever, that you actually do something. Mm -hmm. Because most of us stand-ups, you know, we live in dark caves, and we're nocturnal, (laughs) and none of us see the sunlight. So how did that come about? How did you get into surfing?
1: Um, I got into surfing... um, Well, I've always wanted to do it. I grew up, like I said, I grew up in the Midwest and then moved to uh, Southern, moved to LA and I was living in the Valley at the time. I grew up there. Yeah. So I I was living in the Valley and it was one of those things I always like, you know, you grew up in the Midwest, Southern California is this like magic land in your eyes. You're just like, no way. and There's surfers and it's always sunny and you know, all of show business comes out of here. So surfing was one of these things and I think I had it in my mind, like part of me was like, oh, I could never, you know, you got to grow up doing it or forget it. I don't know. I had a dumb idea about it. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's hard. It's, it is really hard. And so <laughs> I just figured, well, you got to grow, you know, you got to be seven years old on a board or it's you're for never, sure. Yeah. So I had moved from the Valley to the beach in whatever it was, 2003, I think. And, and I was like, well, you know, I had a boogie board <laughs> and I was doing a commercial for direct TV. <laughs> And the camera guys were shooting, and we were shooting in my house. It was like a fake testimonial, like "Grandma, a Directv subscriber." But, you know, the producer was a <laughs> those, buddy of mine. Those or,
0: aren't real. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I know
1: it's. Oh no! <laughs> everything's a lie. Um, and I was, and, he, and one of the camera guys they're setting up. They're like, "So you live this close to the beach because I could walk." And they're like, "Do you surf?" And I go, no, nah, I don't. And I haven't really figured. I'm. I keep thinking maybe I should take a lesson, but you know, I boogie board." And the camera guy goes. Nobody ever picked up a chick with a boogie board under his arm. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, that's that. And I'm gonna start right.
0: You get like a total yeah. He just, may as well have just called you a fag. He yeah, wanted he, to do it. He, and he, did. he didn't. kicked
1: me yeah. in the dick, he is did. what he did. And he and he pantsed me. He did. He <laughs> basically he verbally pantsed well, me. Well,
0: but boogie boarding, I grew up doing that here in LA. And there's nothing more fun than boogie boarding. It's
1: super fun. Yeah. It's instant fun. You have there's very little skill. You just get on yeah. it, let the and you splash around. It's a blast. Yeah. It is a blast.
0: It's not sexy, though.
1: It's not sexy at all. No. It's like, oh, there's the tourists. Yeah. Like yeah. that's.
0: <laughs> oh, the Canadians are here. Oh, wow. you yeah. Were you guys from Iowa? Or <laughs> the Twin Cities?
1: Oh, the Twin yeah. Cities. I love the Twin Cities. I
0: can always tell who's a tourist. just And I God love them. I get it. They're always super pasty compared to the rest of us. Um, and they're always wearing the wrong shit at the beach. Like, they're always wearing... <laughs> Jeans and moccasins, like full jeans. (laughs) You know you can't do that, bro. We don't do that. So if you're a tourist, don't do that.
1: (laughs) They have a boogie board with their moccasins.
0: Yeah. Oh, poor little guys. So, okay, so the guy's like, you're totally lame. Yeah. And how
1: old are you at this point? You know, I don't know. I'm in late 20s, early 30s. Oh, cool. Yeah. So then I was thinking about, okay, I want to do it. And then I did a couple... Uh, of these comedy tours to Afghanistan, yes, and I did the second one um, with Shema Tosh. And, oh, I remember Shema. Yeah, and it was a pretty it was an it was an intense experience. With those shows over there are amazing. Yeah, but it was a it was a hard like we were on a helicopter that came under fire, in April twenty seven two thousand six. Hmm. And we released countermeasures, which is if you're on a helicopter and you get targeted by a rocket, they release flares, so the rocket chases the flares. Whoa. I didn't Whoa. know that at the time.
0: Sorry, I got to put these on because I'm used to it. I can't talk We're, to you without them. Do it. Um, um, that's so... That's, so did you just S your pants? Or how does
1: one react? It was my second time being over there and, you know, the helicopter's shooting. Like a sixty caliber machine gun is like, ga, 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 and like spent <laughs> shells are bouncing off my face. <sighs> and a 35 minute, was supposed to be a 30, 40 minute helicopter ride from, um, Jalalabad to Bagram, uh, ended up being an hour and a half. We had to stop and mm. refuel and pick up some real sketchy CIA dudes with no insignias and some local guy who was handcuffed. <laughs> like it was like, and we were in a firefight, like mm. shooting. And then we get off that and shame and I were just like, Holy shit. And then the next day they take us into a hospital and they're like, Kids, at, at local Afghani kids have been playing in a minefield and they're oh, operating yeah. on them and they're showing us all this. And then the flight home, well, from Bagram to Kyrgyzstan, it was the end of the tour. It's about a two-week tour. We're then on a, um, a C-130 with two coffins. Yeah. And we were just like,
0: mm.
1: wow. Like, it's a war zone. No joke. This yeah. is not CNN. You're, li- you're right there, you know. And I came back and was just like a little out of it. Yeah. And just like, I don't know if I can go back. Cause at that time I just, I'd been hosting game shows and, and I was just like, really show business. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. I was very torn because part of me felt like, well, I'm an idiot. The show business is stupid, but then you do these shows in these little bases yes. in front of 35 Marines. Yes,
0: it means the world. Yeah, you've done them. Yeah, Afghanistan and specifically Kyrgyzstan and then Afghanistan. We didn't. We couldn't go to Bagram. By the time I got there in 20, 2009 or 10, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to go there anymore. Um, it affected me too. I I came back and I was like shell shocked. <laughs> the old school word for like you it's ptsd yeah you see shit and we're just tourists and i'm like i I went as a tourist imagine really being there and i came back and i have a therapist thankfully i go to every week and i just bawled i cried for weeks man because
1: you kids burned up and you're just like what yeah because i'm sure this is what you did you get there fuck. then you you know they let's go to the medical tent and you meet the wounded soldiers yes which is an honor to do but that is not easy no and I've done seven of those now. So now when I go, Whoa. I'm like, we're going to the medical tent. I'm always like, big smiley faces. Good yeah. to see you. Hey kid, where are you from? But then I always got to get out of there and just go cry because you're yeah. just like, Oh, there's a 25 year old without an arm. Yeah. 25 year old guy, kids, 19, 20. Yeah. And you see that stuff. And it's like, it's funny. Every comic I've ever known that's gone over there has that experience. And, we all sort of feel similar, like, well, if I'm freaking out on a two week comedy tour, <laughs> yeah. what is a twelve month combat deployment? Yep, like uh, in in the yep. infantry.
0: Oh, and having your friends blown up daily. Yeah, and you know those guys are and women when they get hurt. Did you do you talk to them when they get hurt? They feel guilty. Yeah, that they didn't die. Or I got to get back with my yeah. unit, which is the most valiant and most correct. You're like, what?
1: It's how yeah. are you? Oh. You met someone, met a guy who you know. Um, his buddy dragged him out of a Humvee that got hit with an IED Yeah, and the guy's all, one guy's all kind of banged up and then the other guy who dragged him out of there won't leave his side and his hands are bandaged and I like reach to shake his hand and he just kind of holds his bandaged hands up and I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. right, you pulled a guy out of a burning fire. <laughs> right. So you can't shake hands with right. me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And you're just like, and you see that stuff, you know, we fed, shame and I fed kids through barbed wire. Wow. Local kids who saw us coming and this, this soldier, this woman who's a (laughs) really cool sergeant from the Indiana national guard was like, Hey, I'll show you guys. And we bring bottled waters and snacks and the kids see us. They run along the side of a minefield and then you're feeding them a granola bar through razor wire. And then you come back and someone's mad, you know, that they're, Panini wasn't cooked correctly. Yes, And it's hard. Yes. Like we were talking about this on comedy film nerds. My podcast, we did uh, talked about American sniper and, and just the whole, you know, him coming back, PTSD can adjust. And I was talking to a, to a fan of our show, this guy, Lucas Lundsman, who was over there and he was like, that's the hardest part is coming back. It's like that scene How in the hurt locker. You? Yeah where he's looking his wife's like, pick out some cereal. <laughs> She's like, what? And he's just staring at this wall of yeah. cereal like, I diffuse bombs. Yes. What?
0: This matters. Yeah, I, I remember when I came back from Afghanistan, I drove to Vegas to do a gig and I'll never forget I was in the bathroom of a McDonald's I stopped on the way and I heard these two women complaining. How filthy the bath. Oh my God, this bathroom's filthy. I, can you believe it? And I remember being like, fuck you. Fuck you and your mother that you're even complaining about this and i remember coming back and having the sense of i don't give a shit like (laughs) what what am i caring about like credit card debt or i'm giving a shit about a television show and what are we talking about and you have a you get really really clear really quick when you see war
1: really Mm -hmm. up up close Uh, life gets real fucking focused (laughs) yeah yeah and it's like i came back and sort of had to i mean I was making them. A, I was <laughs> we're like,
0: comics. We're not even soldered. Listen, to how we're talking. I know. Can you
1: imagine? Can you imagine? Oh Can you God. imagine? We didn't see one of our friends get blown away. No. Like the other comic didn't take one in the in the no. face. Friends for you know? years. Yeah. Friends for years. You went through yeah. boot camp. You know, like some intense experience together. And oh, I was at their wedding, and now they're dead or yeah. whatever. And so I, re- <laughs> so I came back and was like. You know, I was just hosting game shows, which was, and then the <laughs> and the game shows went away and everything was being replaced by reality TV. And I remember my host agent, who's a really good guy, goes, Graham, you know, I got you. I remember he goes, I got you this audition at E. And I said, Oh, great, cool. Cause, you know, you got to pay your bills. Of course. But then he said, But I got to be honest, it was hard to get you in there. And I go, Why? Because <laughs> the woman at E goes, We love Graham. He's funny, but I always feel like he doesn't care. And I was like, Because uh... I don't. <laughs> I don't give a shit about E at all, not in the (laughs) least. They want to pay me? I'll do it, and I'll be be funny on camera. And he's like, he goes, Graham, you come on. I go, look, and his name was John. I go, John? He had the best name ever. His name was John Paradise. I go, you know you sound like a 60s TV detective, right?
0: (laughs) That's your agent's name? That
1: was his agent, yeah. I had a guy named Steve Stevens. He was my first. (laughs) Steve Stevens of the Martins. (laughs) Stevie's on the ones and twos. (laughs) Steve Stevens oh. and, and Duckface was his co host. Right. Like, was- yeah,
0: yeah. No, but his dad was Steve Stevens Sr. He was a junior, <laughs> even worse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fucking show business. Oh. So
0: he, he's telling you, so your agent's like, you got to get serious. You got to get serious. Pop and I, culture I, and Kardashian. I go,
1: okay, John, look. I go, mm-hmm. John. I won't make you look bad. I'll go do a good job. I'll go in there. sure. And you know, the next time I'm I'm in Iraq shaking a wounded soldier's <laughs> hand, I'll try to keep up with the Kardashians. And he just laughs, laughs and goes, Graham. And I was like, John, don't worry. I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to shit the bed on this. But that was sort of my attitude was like, and I was trying to get this documentary about my first time over there getting made called Afghanistan. And that was taking like years to get made because we didn't have any money. And so I was living at the beach and was just it was hard to give a shit about anything. And then a buddy of mine that I'd known for years, he went back to college in his 30s.
0: Fuck, that's my dream, man. Right? What a great idea. And we he, all should.
1: And he'd like either finished his first year or maybe was even graduating or something. And he goes, he goes, Look, I a present to myself is I want to take surf lessons. Let's do them together. I set him in. Nice. And that was um a Labor Day. No, excuse me, Memorial Day weekend of 2006. So a month after the helicopter shootout and everything. And um, I just was like, I literally, I mean, no pun intended, I immersed myself in surfing because the ocean, I mean, they've done studies. Like there's, uh, I'm quoting a bunch of science. I don't remember correctly. So I'm going to sound like an idiot, but there's a certain like the positive ions and salt water help you know whatever it balances you out like there's a there's a chemical reaction a biological reaction that happens in salt water i believe it and the stress release and i just was like i fell in love with it and he and i just forced ourselves we're like we'd get in the water three four five days a week splash around get our asses kicked for like 20 25 minutes Mm. and just crawl out like (gasps) oh my god (laughs) you know and by the end of the summer i got a better board and by the end of the summer, I was standing up and surfing, and I was like, "This is." And I, I remember by the end of the summer, we were sitting, me, him, and this other friend of ours, uh, this guy Jason Ward, and we were just sitting on the beach after a session. And I just went, "I get it." And they go, "What? Guys that just check out? Yeah. Guys that just go surfboard, backpack, yep, out. <laughs> I totally get it. Too. You know, and that's still my <laughs> fantasy of just like later show business. Like yeah. I'm gonna live on a beach somewhere. Oh,
0: me too. Let's go. You know, let's go to Tahiti. That's I'm in. my. That's my. Uh, I'm in. Have you been?
1: No, but I want to go to Tahiti. Like that's, I've been down to Brazil. I, I could do Brazil. I could do anywhere in Southeast Asia. I'd take my husband
0: though. Do you mind?
1: Oh dude. I know.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, cause I, I took surf lessons at 28 years old too. Cause I was going through a breakup and it's so funny how people are led to surfing through some kind of tragedy. Um, cause it's something I always wanted to do. I boogie boarded like mm-hmm. a nerd. I, I grew up in the ocean. I adore the ocean and,
1: uh, it's really hard. <laughs> it's the most difficult thing because so no two waves hard. are the same. The size and the speed and the shape oh. of the wave is different.
0: Well, not only that, just I'm talking the physicality. Like, let's say you want, you go, all right, I'm going to surf today. So you got to get your ass up at what
1: time? What time do you wake up to you know, surf? I used to be that like Dawn Patrol guy, but now, you know, I got to get the perfect wave at the tide and all this stuff. I'll still kind of do that if there's a big swell in, but to me, it's more just about getting in the ocean. So like in the winter now when the water's colder, so cold. I'll wait till it's warmer and like if the tide's right during the middle of the day, I'll go during the middle of the day. I'm not getting up at 6 a.m. unless no, it's like sweet.
0: But I see them down here. These I don't, I'm don't. i not there at 6 in the morning, mm-hmm. but I know that those bros have been there all day. But so you you get up, you get your board, which at least the board I, I learned on a big ass banana board mm-hmm. you, that thing weighs a ton for somebody like me you got to pedal you got to take it out into the water you got to fight the currents because you don't know how to fucking get mm-hmm. on your board and just paddle it out there yeah. <sighs> now i'm out there now you got to turn your ass around and then you're kind of bobbing and waiting for the wave to come and then it comes and you got to paddle, paddle and then just getting up on the board holy shit yeah you got to go quick. That's, that's the, They, they that's teach the you to thing. pop up. Yeah. yeah. They go pop up. So you're going from laying flat on your belly. to whoosh, now you're on your two legs. It's right? basically
1: like the, a spring up, like a push up, like a go, like, like a Marine Corps style. Like
0: Try it now. Lay on your belly. <laughs> Those of you listening. And they're like, just pop up. And you're like, just pop up.
1: what? And pop up and then rotate your hips. So you're now yeah. facing to your right or left as opposed to straight forward.
0: Right. And I'm goofy footed or what? I don't fucking remember. And I just, it's so incredibly hard, Um, but exhausting and exhilarating in a great way. Cause at the end of that day of
1: even just learning how to surf, I was, you're beat. You're wiped. And it's the most hungry you're ever going to be in your entire (laughs) life.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The combination of you can't eat a lot before you get in yes, and then spending whatever an hour or two in the water (sighs) Working every single muscle in your body. Every muscle
0: you didn't even know you had, and then um, it's fucking cold. Like in California, a lot of people don't know this, but our ocean's not warm. I'm sorry. Even in the summertime, for me, that's cold because I'm I'm a chicken. You know the Atlantic. I like the Atlantic, like Florida Ocean, nice and warm, like bathwater. But this is so. How cold is the water today? Let's say
1: it's probably sixty degrees, fifty eight to sixty degrees, practically ice. And in the summer, the (laughs) most it'll get is maybe seventy
0: yeah so it's not it's not and you have to wear the suit yeah you pee in the suit you have to pee in it right
1: i try not to
0: no they tell you to you pee yeah and you warm i do it up.
1: god i hate admitting this. i feel like an animal but it's
0: your pee it's fine yeah it's nature you can drink your pee it's sterile it has to separate first you I can wear it as a work.
1: hat too you, you can know? wear
0: your own urine you can drink your own urine you can paint with
1: it these are great tips <laughs> Cooking tips, clean your laundry with it. There's a lot of stuff. I mean,
0: what can't you do with piss? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, buy this on my website now. So now here's the philosophy. I know you guys are thinking, how are you possibly going to find something? Listen, I'm not saying there's some Western philosopher that has written on it. Maybe there is. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't find it. If you guys know of anybody that has a philosophy of surfing, please send it to me. There's this wonderful article I found in the Utney Reader, Utney, right? That's how you say U-T-N-E, Utney. But you got to say, Utney, you Utney. Say, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, this is a. It's an old, old article, August, July, yeah, August 2006. This is when you started surfing,
1: right? Yeah. This I is weird. have been Maybe surfing this, three months at that point.
0: Well, this guy wrote this
1: for you. Okay, she so. Have, oh, I forgot. What? Oh, real quick. After I got back from my first Afghanistan tour in 2004, the movie Riding Giants had come out, which is a documentary about big wave surfing, specifically Laird Hamilton. It it deals with the history of it.
0: I know his wife. Oh, really? We did a pilot together.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, what's her name? The volleyball player. Yeah, yeah.
1: She's amazing. Gabrielle Gabrielle Reese. Reese.
0: Yeah, gorgeous and so nice, so normal.
1: And I came back from my first Afghanistan trip and was you know, freaked out for all those reasons we talked about. And my buddy goes, go see Riding Giants and go watch it live right? like mm. see it in the theater don't rent it watch on the big screen and i was like oh
0: and, you, and that you gets into like, the philosophy
1: and the soul of it and too. you were
0: like bro i'm in can i tell you i saw um this documentary all this mayhem about the pappas brothers the skateboarders and i met when i watch people skateboard and do that half pipe yeah. stuff that vert thing i'm like oh if i i want that i should i wish i could have done that i wish in the 80s They'd encourage little girls more to do that because I would have, oh, I I love it. I just, there's something in that Mm -hmm. energy. And what is that energy? So this is this fantastic article. This guy says, I remember listening to a Dharma talk five years ago Oh, a Dharma talk. I thought it, the guy's name was Dharma. I remember listening <laughs> Johnny to... Johnny <laughs> Dharma. That was your other agent. Steve Namaste. We're <laughs> Steve, <laughs> coming at you, Steve Namaste <laughs> and Johnny Dharma. I remember listening to a Dharma talk five years ago by one of my favorite teachers, Ajahn Amaro, a witty British monk in the Thai forest tradition who lives in a humble hut in the Mendocino Forest in Northern California. He used a surfing metaphor to explain samsara. The endless cycle of birth and death, which we know from Buddhism, right? You're in you're you're in the the wheel of bullshit. That's some sort of. <laughs>
1: That's how the, I think that's, that's how they the, say the, the it, right? The Lama says, the wheel of bullshit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yep. this is my Buddhist game show. Let's spin the wheel of bullshit. <laughs> you're in it. The veil's <laughs> dropped.
0: You want stuff, you get stuff. Stuff doesn't make you happy. <laughs> you have the stuff, you're happy for a little bit, and then the stuff goes away.
1: The grand prize is enlightenment. <laughs> that's right, Johnny. Exactly. Johnny Dharma. Exactly. Tell them what
0: they've won. <laughs> and Nirvana. Okay. So he used the surfing metaphor to explain samsara. Um, the the Ajahn laughed as he talked about the ridiculousness of surfers. This is funny. They struggle to paddle through the crashing surf in search of their perfect wave. But when they finally catch one, they get a fleeting rush of adrenaline, get shoved underwater, come up breathless, and then struggle to get back out again for another round. This, he said, is dukkha. I don't know how to say it. Dukkha dukkha. Do you know how to say I know that. I see the word. Dukkha. Suffering. He says, this is the essence of all suffering. This is the essence of what we're trying to get away from.
1: This, he said, is dukkha suffering.
0: Dukkha is dukkha. I know, okay. no, I said the word before on this show. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But in essence, it's, it's lunacy. He says that we are addicted to the emotional patterns that continually pound us down. We chase after them for a fleeting rush, but that rush is never quite enough. But then he goes on to say, as a Buddhist surfer, I would like to suggest another lesson we can glean through the sport. So then he has his thing. Um, I believe surfing can teach us to ride samsara, enjoy it like a wave while still seeing through its illusory nature. So on one hand, this guy is saying, it's insanity to surf. Here you are. you're like a, you're this this momentary thrill, and it's not it doesn't last that long, and then you're th- thrust into the water and you can't breathe, and then and then these crazy people do it again. But this other guy is saying it's not necessarily that it's that in that chaos, you can kind of see through the eye of, right. You're kind of riding the wave, so to speak. You're becoming one with the experience of chaos.
1: I I would say to, for me, um, that surfing from a philosophical and or spiritual standpoint is really, it is a complete metaphor for life. And, it's not just like this other guy clearly is not a surfer nerd. Yeah. Splashing around. Like it's horrifying. <laughs> you're playing in the ocean, dude. It's pretty yeah, sweet. It's the, you know? it's the best, you know, unless it's 40 foot waves that could kill you. If you're just <laughs> like chest high waves, it's a lot of fun. Um, So to me, and a lot of surfers will say this, you know, like I haven't been in the water in about a week and a half because I was on the road last week. And that's like too long. Like I just need to get yeah. in the water. And so when, A surfer says that what that means is it's not just catching the epic wave, it's just it is the paddle out, it is sitting on your board, and there's no Twitter out there, Mm. there's no cell phone, there is just the ocean. You can't even really hear people on the shore, Mm. you know. And there's birds, there's dolphins, there's the wind, there's the sun, and it's just it is just magical. And it can, when you like, uh, a thing I do like about getting up early, or at least surfing first thing in the morning, is then the rest of my day, it just kind of stays with me. But the rest of my day is just a little more mellow yeah, because I kind of have that with me. And I mean, that's life, you know, there's always going to be another wave. So there's no reason to panic when you can't get this one or fall off or whatever. Mm. Life is up and down. Um and it is about being, I mean, I know this is, I'm, I'm quoting like every new age fucking poster with Love a cat it. Let's and an Indian dream catcher. Somebody's but,
0: Instagram account. <laughs> Live your dreams. I <laughs> not you hate those. Somebody's Instagram account. <laughs> Aggressive and inspirational
1: at the same time. <laughs> um, I like, it is about staying in the moment and yeah. enjoying it for what it is. You know, because if you are just like, oh, I got to get the next wave or that wave wasn't good enough or whatever, then I'm missing out on the beauty and splendor. I've gone out in the ocean and just had like 45 minutes because I had a busy day or whatever, maybe caught one or two waves. They were knee high and it was, it was magical. Now I can get in my head and and stress about stuff while I'm sitting on my board, you know, and and leave the moment, leave the, you know, have my, my brain take me somewhere else. But when I come back to the present, then it is an amazing thing and it is truly i mean i i firmly believe with me coming back from that second afghanistan tour it was pretty gnarly and i remember we you know i think it kind of saved my life to a certain extent not to be too dramatic but absolutely it it really brought some focus back not that i was going to come back and and i don't know kill myself or whatever but it was hard man i'd sit in i'd sit in my apartment in the dark yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know For sure. Because it's like, what the fuck is Mm -hmm. the point, you know? And um, I remember we were surfing at San Onofre State Park, which is down near Camp Pendleton. And um, so that's a Marine Corps base, for those of you who don't know. So there's always military helicopters flying. Mm. And you know this, a military helicopter yeah. sounds a lot different than a traffic <laughs> it's, one. It's
0: very distinct. And I see them here over mm-hmm. the beach and I'm like, bam, I know yep. what that you is. Can, I'm yeah. sure
1: you can hear that shit for yeah, miles. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 60 seconds before anybody else <laughs> hears it. I know. Like I do that all the time. We'll be on our boards and someone's talking and I'll just stop and turn. Mm-hmm. And then 30 to 60 seconds later, vum, 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 mm-hmm. they, you know, and I remember being on our board that summer of 06 after that firefight with Shema. um, just start I just start crying,
0: yeah, I
1: just heard military helicopters and just started crying out of oh, nowhere, yeah. and um, it was surfing that kind of centered me, and then i I was like, that's sort of the everything now, my whole life kind of revolves around it to a certain extent, you know, like fantastic it's, it should, and it's like you and I've talked about this off uh, you know off air is why why it is important to live at the beach,
0: yeah
1: and you know, I'm going to hustle. I'm in show business and I help run a festival and I got a road career and I got to do all those things to hustle to pay the bills, but I'm not letting that dominate who I am anymore. You know, like I'm working hard so that I can make money while I'm sitting on my surfboard. Oh, that's, that's my goal. That's dream. You Passive know? income. Passive income, that's my goal. I want to just sit on my surfboard and money's coming in. Yeah. And so that's me. I mean, I'm I'm not that great of a surfer. I'm not going to turn pro or anything obviously. I don't maybe they accept guys in their 40s <laughs> from Chicago. But um That's when you can start. That's,
0: that's, that's typically. I'll beat those
1: kids. You are going to go um, to Hawaii this year? <laughs> but it 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 is um it has helped me in so many ways uh and it's just one of those things like it just has to be a part of my life. And I've even dated girls who are just like, "I don't why are you in the water?" And I'm like You get it. Sorry, man.
0: You don't get it. And I I think um not that I'm this fantastic surfer now, but I'm I'm eking towards buying a board and going back in the water because I'm desperate. I, I go to the beach a lot. We went to Africa a couple few years ago, my husband and I, and to Durban. And every day we went to the beach. And I remember being and I just I love it. I'm so drawn to the water. And we were living in Silver Lake at the time. And I said to my husband, "Wouldn't it be great, like, that we if we lived somewhere where I could go to the beach every day?" <laughs> and he's like, "What we do? We do. We live in L.A." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, bro."
1: Oh, so- so Cal dude. Let's do. Yeah, and I was like, Yeah, I, c- I love I can- that you call your husband bro. <laughs> I think that is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, well, you can.
0: And when we did, and the point is, though, I really don't like when people reduce things like surfing or stand up or mountain climbing, or if you're, I don't know what you're into art or no, 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 sorry, that's a bad example. Um, these, these extreme sports and they reduce it to the adrenaline rush of it. Like I really hate when people are like, Oh, stand up. You love the rush of making people laugh. I'm like, that's, there's some part. Yes. There's also the very, um, the nature of what you're doing, which is getting lost in the doing, just as you said, it's not about doing, I just, I may have, you may have served for 45 minutes as opposed to what you wanted to do today, three hours. Mm-hmm. But it's just the doing of this practice and taking you out of time. Because that's huge. Like you, you know, you, if you've ever painted and you like that, you, hours go by. Mm-hmm. Hours. And what is that? Same with stand-up. You know, sometimes you'll dread, at least I do, some nights. Like, I, there's no way I can get through the next hour
1: of telling right. the jokes.
0: And that's because I'm so reluctant to just get in the moment and just be present in the moment. <laughs>
1: And you know? then you have those moments, I'm sure, where you know, you've know, you been doing this a long time now. So you walk off stage and someone will go, that was so hilarious when you said that thing. And yeah. You don't even remember because it was just so beautiful and pure. Yeah, It was so in the moment yeah. and you're so... Tuned into who you are as a comic and as an artist and as a person that you just go, yeah, bing, bang, bang, bang. And the whole crowd fucking ho- like, you yeah. ever had someone come up to you? We were at that show two years ago. Remember, you were like, salad fork. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know what that means at all. And you're like, oh yeah. my God, we've been laughing about that for two fucking years. My yeah. husband and I have been laughing about salad fork. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of remember that. Yeah, but what is that? So, what is that when you tap into? I think it's what you just said. What it's everything it? you just said. It's the magic of the moment, it is the magic of. I mean, specific to stand up now we're tapping into our talent and ability and it's that thing of like a gifted athlete who just,
0: but it can happen. Sorry. It can happen to people who are painting. Even when you're driving, you go into like a bubble. I don't know if that's the same necessarily Mm -hmm. thing. But sorry, not to... No, but anything. Just, you're right. not Let's say
1: golf is somebody's yes. thing. Yeah. They're going to have those moments where they went, I just walked up and I just hit the most perfect shot. I didn't think about it. I didn't what? my grip and everything, and it just went... Whoa. And for us, we're professionals, so we. that's why we're professionals is we have those moments like a professional athlete because the professional athlete, let's use the golf example again, a professional golfer has those moments you know, 50 times a, a day when they're golfing. where Practice, well, practice helps. The practice it's helps not. and a natural gift and an ability yeah. and, and all these other factors that come into it. But I think then you're tapping into that, that moment where, and I call it what you will, maybe you're connecting to the universe or your higher power or whatever you want to call that. And you're just kind of funneling, this is just, I'm doing it without even thinking. Because sometimes if we think too much, that gets in the way.
0: That's the problem. Your mind, your consciousness can actually mm-hmm. hinder. And I believe that the the mind is the most powerful thing we have, and it's the most it can
1: it can wreak havoc. It's like fire. Yeah, you're but, right. Exactly. Right. Fire can keep you warm. It can cook for you, and it can burn everything to the ground and kill you. <sighs> Think about it, bro. That's deep, bro. Oh <laughs> shit. Right, so you can. We just can... knuckled. We just digitally knuckled.
0: Fuck yeah, <laughs> my brain just exploded. But yes, yeah, so that's. But that is the essence of it. It can be your the greatest asset, or it can be a mm-hmm. torturer. Yeah. I mean, look, I go to my shrink twice a week now, and uh, <laughs> huh? there are some days where I can see it. I go, wow, I'm my worst enemy. Why am I saying this shit to myself? Why am I? I wouldn't say these things to another human being, and yet I put. You know, you you can't park for shit. You're fat, oh, you're God, you look terrible. Oh, who said I would never say this to my husband or to
1: my dog. It's funny. Somebody said that to me a while ago. I, I it was beating myself up, and actually, I'm in a support group, so they they said, "Would you talk to your best friend that way?" Right? I was like, no, I'm the cheerleader when my best friend you know when any of my friends come at me. they're like, "Well, why don't you start being your best friend to yourself?" And as cheesy as that sounds, yeah. And I was like, oh, this sounds like some after school special. (laughs) You're the best. You're my favorite, Graham. I love you. (laughs) Like hug myself in a mirror like, ugh, you know, like kitty lunchbox or something (laughs) like this is this is horrifying. Yeah. But then I started kind of doing it and I started talking to myself the way I would talk to one of my buddies. Yeah. And when I start, and I'll do that, like, you idiot, you thing, and, you know, yeah, especially like, oh, show business, yeah. oh, boy, boy. because we can go, well, they, this, my friend that I started with, I mean, I could list off all the people who are giant, famous TV shows that I did open mics with 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> you know what I mean? So crazy, yeah. Or I can go, I'm still making my living in one of the most difficult professions on the face of the earth. Of course. So, and I just say, you know, and sometimes I got to look in a mirror and I'll go, man, you're doing fine, dude. You're yeah. doing, it's Okay okay, that was a misstep. Great. Let's learn from it. Let's move here. And I literally got to just be the be the pep talk for myself. And that was a hard thing to learn, but it's really been amazing and helpful as being there for myself and getting my own back. And that's how I um, have sort of helped tame and overcome this wild tiger that is my brain. Yeah. You know, it's doesn't
0: like, doesn't surfing help that for it sure. calms those I call them the howling demons you know and it, it and it meditation is that um,
1: surfing yoga.
0: yoga being out in nature Oof, yeah
1: it's funny the thing you're saying yeah. nature for sure like has I and I firmly believe this it has a a biological thing yes. that happens you know a physiological thing happens when you're in nature that you can't get from a movie or a video game or whatever. Not that those are, I mean, those are fine distractions. I watch a lot of movies, obviously, but... It's the nature thing, man. That's why yes. I go on my rooftop. My, I have a roof deck in my building. I go up there every morning. That's how I start my day. Let's talk
0: about this. So, I, I also look at you as somebody that's kind of got their shit together that way. Like, I need to get, I want to get where you're at physically. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm working on the emotional, spiritual. Let's get my ass into shape. So, Graham, walk me through your day. How can I, how can I, the Elwood program,
1: if you will? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I do, and then I'll tell you what I've learned and how it, how Please. it can apply and, to
0: anybody. And anybody listening?
1: Um, I get up this morning. I got up about 6 o'clock, <sighs> 6, 6,
0: Well, will we'll Back it up. What yeah. time did you go to bed last night?
1: Probably 10, 30-ish.
0: And how much wine did you drink last I, night?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've been sober for 13 years. Um,
0: okay, so no alcohol. No, no, how, uh, how much cheese did you eat last night? On your couch? <laughs> do you eat cheese and crackers, I, I had
1: seven Oreos. Okay,
0: and, okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, I was actually watching Justified last night on my DVR. Um, so I get up, I eat just a, This is going to sound ridiculous, but I drink a little kombucha. That's
0: great. That's good for your browns. So good. Yeah.
1: Um, Had a handful of peanuts just to put some protein in my system.
0: Where's the coffee? And then you make your double latte?
1: I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I drink green tea.
0: See, so far, I,
1: I know this is. This I is, lose everyone in the first sixty shit. seconds. Like everyone's like, no way. So, um, then I go on my roof and I bring uh, a couple of books to read. I meditate and I read some books. And then what do I, you read?
0: Because I, I read two in the morning. I
1: read a Deepak Chopra book. Okay, I like Deepak. Deepak, baby. Okay. Uh, creating Affluence. Love it. Um, and I've been reading that probably for four years now. Wow. And it's I'm just reading it over and over and over and it's just sort of like I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna read it too. It gets me solid. And then uh I read another book from my support groups and uh Good. You gotta do it all. And then I've been i st- I've been studying martial arts for maybe ten, eleven years now. Very much a hobby, not a badass. And um three or four years ago I started doing samurai sword which is such a Zen thing and it's so precise. And so I do that in my, cause I can't do it in my, oh, I can do it in my apartment if I do it from in the kneeling positions, but yeah, there's a have, lot of overhead cuts. And so you kind of need be careful. Yeah. Don't need, you don't <laughs> want a roof in that situation. <laughs> so I go on my roof and I practice that and it's very much a Zen wow. thing. You know, the word samurai means to serve mm. and, um, You know, my instructor was always talking about how to. We're obviously not going to use this, and it's not practical application like a regular martial art. Like if someone attacks, you're not going to get into a sword fight (laughs) unless there's a zombie apocalypse. I'm ready, bitches. (laughs) My weapon don't fucking freeze up. (laughs) That's actually a really good point. It never. It's not impractical. Don't need need to reload it. No, (laughs) you guys are
0: looking for new magazines.
1: I'm just cutting through justice.
0: Or the next Hobbit movie. (laughs) They all sword fight, right? Yes.
1: Um. (coughs) so I work on that and the technique there's all these it's very precise and then I just you know I can see the whole (laughs) excuse me I can see the whole ocean and the whole city of Los Angeles and I just that's how I start my day then I come downstairs and then I turn my phone on and start Mm. looking at me I don't Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this and I don't I'm not perfect but sometimes I'll turn on my. I turn my phone off when I sleep that's huge man people are like what if there's an emergency 911 motherfucker what do you want me to do (laughs) Call
0: someone else. Yeah, how's that for? An I'm emergency? not a trained professional.
1: Yeah. Um, so then I turn my phone on. Then I make breakfast, and then I get into my day.
0: Now may may I bring this point up? It's uh, your your regime is not it's not totally dissimilar. Now I start my night a little. You know, I stay up late. I drink wine and I eat cheese, and then I wake up around nine thirty. Then I read. I have my coffee. I get jacked, and I read Marianne Williamson. I like her. I read some meditation. I like this guy Swami Sachidananda. I read him. I get my mind right and then I go into technology. Yep. Meditation first. Get your shit straight. Get your mind right mm-hmm. before you even think about communicating with other human beings.
1: When I turn my phone on first and start communicating, I know it. even if I then uh, go on my roof, it's still just a little I'm already like meh, 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 meh. Yeah. you know what I mean? I'm too little too wound and it just you're not you're not going
0: to come across cool. You know, like you're not going to you're not going to send a good cogent thing right. if it's first thing in the morning and you're maybe you're agitated. Right. You want to be
1: kind of calm before you approach the world. Yeah, and some of the, you know, especially if you get any sort of email that's like, well, "We need the blah blah blah." Ugh. And it's sometimes when Anyways. I after if I do my roof the right way, then I can go Okay, well, hold on. I don't have to respond to this immediately. Let me, I'll, let me ask this person. You know, like, get, yeah. the, get the fat, get the sit down, compose the email, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I can just kind of like, okay, write out what I'm going to do for my day. And then, mm-hmm. and then that's how. And then I rode my bike to yoga. Oh, you're
0: good. So you do the yoga. So you, this morning we've done swords already. So you've, re, you've already done, like, something good. And then you're going to go yoga for extra points.
1: I ride my bike to yoga. It's about a 15, 20 minute bike ride to yoga. Jeez, That's at nine o'clock. That goes till about 1045. Oh my God. Then I ride my ba- bike back home along the beach and I see the ocean. I think this stuff is so like your surroundings and you know this from the road. Yeah. You get into some town or you're in some dodgy hotel room or whatever and who you're around, your physical surroundings, the people you're around, you know, I've had to sort of weed out some people in my life because they were too negative. And you know yes. what? I can get really negative. Yes. And I can be a judgmental dick, and that's bad for me. Yeah. So I'm like around people that are positive and funny and talented. And, and you know, I've heard a great slogan, which is take what you want and leave the rest. And I start applying that to everything, and then mm. I'm a lot happier. And, you know, because it was, I went through a tough thing, man. I went through you know um i had some real tough financial trouble because i put all this time and effort into making a documentary about a war that nobody cares about and mm. um uh didn't well, we care i care well thank you you're There's wonderful and um i shouldn't say that some the people who've seen my movie like it and families of military people have liked it and stuff like that but it you know it cost me a lot of money is it
0: out now can people watch it and help you yeah you, you can out? go to
1: Afghanistan uh if you go to comedyfilmers.com, dot com you can download it it's a pay okay. what you think is fair download so you can get it for a buck okay or whatever
0: it'll be on my website too so you guys can check it out
1: but like and then I sort of rejected show business and then didn't have an agent or manager wasn't really doing it other than trying to get this movie made and then had a lot of financial trouble and then the recession hit and you know I, I had this house that I had bought and lost it and went through all that financial stuff and then went through a divorce and it was fucking oh, hard. Oh, a lot. And it was like, I, it was I, I, one of the reasons why I had to like do this regimen because it was like the demons are right fucking there waiting to take me down. Mm. Like it's, it's, it was hard for the first time in my life. I had a confidence problem, mm. which I've never really had. And it was just like, you know, maybe I suck. Maybe I'm not good. Maybe I shouldn't be in show business. Maybe that's why I'm failing and all my friends are getting TV shows and movies and blah, 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 blah. And so it's why surfing was sort of the gateway. I mean, I'd always been healthy. I'd been a vegetarian since 2000. I've always worked out in some degree or another. Um, But I really had to do – I realized how out of shape I was spiritually. Mm. Like – I was, you know, and it's why I had to, you know, I stopped drinking and all this stuff. And it was like, that's the other thing. When I stopped drinking in 2002, I had to start facing myself.
0: Yeah, I don't want that.
1: And it was, it was. Who was,
0: wants that? It's, Every <laughs> night? You don't, you don't drink ever? How yeah, about alone? You kind of don't
1: face yourself once a week, right? <laughs> <laughs> What about by yourself? You're, you're supposed to drink alone, right? <laughs> <laughs> with the lights off and a katana, isn't that that's isn't that what they tell you? Isn't that on the side of the bottle? Don't they tell you to? do? <laughs> okay, just make it yourself- mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, man, it's why I have to be really strict be with diligent, myself. Vigilant. V- vigilant. V- Vigilance and, is the and, word.
0: And here's the thing, man. Y- you know, <laughs> I got my demons too. But I, I, my childhood screwy. Listen, my mother was a nutbag. I was. My mother's mentally ill. No one
1: so. got into comedy because everything was great.
0: <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody who has a decent sense of humor. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I grew up with that, so I, I have those childhood things. And I, uh, overall, I will say, I'm a pretty
1: happy person. I'm, li- i I'm, I like my life. You come across I very happy to it. me. You yes. come across very positive to me. And even though, like, the first time I, I hadn't seen you in a while, and we. Did the ice house chronicles together oh my god and remember yeah. we just laughed it was like six or seven i don't know maybe it was last year we just laughed oh, was fun, and yeah. we talked about how great the beach was Yeah. and then we've sort of reconnected on hey let's see do each other's podcast but when i came in here today, i've never been to your house i came in and you were like hey and your vibe and your energy oh, thanks, definitely said all these things well
0: because because i'll tell you thank you i appreciate that because i don't i believe in what you were saying is that listen we're all human beings and human beings have two sides of the force. What, what's Star Wars about? What's the fucking mm-hmm. Hobbit about? What's Harry Potter about? It's all about the same thing. You can choose darkness or you can strive for the light. And it's harder to go to the, the path light. of the righteous. Yes, the light. Uh, because darkness is all around. And it's here's the scary thing. It's not all around. It can be around you and it can feed most definitely. The, the comedy club environment can be dark. The employees can be dark. The hotel room can be dark. Unfortunately, your own mind is the origin of a lot of darkness, too. And even if you haven't had severe trauma or a divorce, most human beings have a tape running in their heads that is not cool. Yeah, (laughs) And it's either, do I listen to this tape or do I use what... What I can Mm -hmm. to transcend this motherfucker, and
1: I think it gets louder for us because we have all this downtime on the road.
0: (laughs) Oh, that God! You mean the twenty-three hours you're not working? Yeah, in a hotel room and the dead of winter. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll put my shoes on and go to the CVS because I need (laughs) toothpaste.
0: When you, and that's your big event that day. That's the event that day.
1: And then finding yeah. a Chipotle. like those, Oh, <laughs>
0: Chipotle on the road's the oh, best! shit, jackpot! Because it's healthy, and you get your food oh,
1: groups. Fucking righteous. Yeah. Under 10 bucks. Yeah. It's a Gosh. solid road meal. Chipotle is like
0: heaven, yeah. <laughs> well, that's so sad. But it's those small things that make you happy. Anyways, here's some interesting article I read on... Uh, this is another thing. I where I got this from. Oh, spiritualityhealth.com, some article on Zen surfing. Okay, okay, so does this sound familiar to you? For those of us who don't surf, what's it like? When you're riding a wave, you're physically riding energy, the memory of wind energy that's pulsing between water molecules. You really do become part of the wave, especially in the hollow. I'm assuming that's the hole, the tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. You're really inside of that vortex of spiraling energy. Ooh, I like that. You'll hear surfers who have no background in the metaphysical or Zen say, I rode that wave and didn't feel like I existed. The wave was there. I was there. We were together. Wow. The feeling of merging with an energy that is much greater than yourself, which I think you said at the beginning of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're molecularly connected. I agree. I, I feel that. You're riding the, the, you're riding the
1: energy of the earth. Yeah. Yes bam and when you fight it you get your ass kicked
0: bam when
1: you line up oh
0: that's what's up Hi. Hi. <laughs> well you ever been in the ocean and you ever get fucked in a wave like and not even surfing just i love to yeah. swim and i love to feel the motion and it, yes more resist like let's say the current comes or you get smushed by a wave don't fight it i remember you just kind of chill hang out man hang out push yourself up when you can Never turn your back on it. <laughs> Number one, don't turn your back on that bitch. She will take <laughs> you down to Chinatown. <laughs> right? Never yeah. turn your back on the ocean.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's an, another sort of life lesson is yeah. you try to fight it, <sighs> try to control something you can't control, you will go, you'll get your ass kicked, you'll get crazy, you'll get hey. frustrated, you know?
0: That's it. That's the whole point of surfing and riding, riding the wave. Why? That's why people say that because mm-hmm. you can fight the current of life or you can kind of, you can, um, I heard this on Oprah one time. She said, you can, if you're rowing in a canoe, you can just let go of the oars and let the <laughs> current take you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes and no. You know, you should have an idea of where you want to go, but sometimes when you're in it, you're just like, Insha inshallah, as they say, yep. right, in, in the Eastern world. Well, what the fuck am I going to, it's up to God. It's, yeah. It's in God's hands. A lot of this stuff's in God's hands. Most girl. of it. I Except think. you and you're good. Let me ask you this question though. Remember that girl in Australia who uh, went into the ocean and then the shark bit her arm off? M- that movie, Soul Surfer. Oh, she, uh, Hawaii. Oh, sorry, Hawaii. Yeah, same Hamilton. place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all. It's English, all. Hang loose. Good day, mate. Whatever.
0: <laughs> who cares. Doesn't same, matter. Same place. <laughs> um, so she she this poor girl surfing. She gets her arm. Eaten by a shark, and then she's like, I- "I'm gonna go do it again," and she still surfed today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I gotta tell you, I don't agree with that at all, <laughs> like, and I mean that. Like, if something takes my arm, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm not meant to. Maybe I'm gonna try. Why don't I try Boy. boogie boarding? That do do boogie boarders get eaten as much as Probably surfers? Not.
1: I don't know. Like, <laughs> I I've never seen. I I've I've seen some like four foot leopard sharks. You know, here, yeah. Get your life, really? Yeah, they. I was just like, oh, I know, you know, the behavior of those sharks. They're just like, they they like shallow water. They're not going to come at me unless I step on one. So I just m- moved away from them. But if I saw like a seven to ten foot, like great yeah. white or tiger shark or something like that, I don't. Know, I might lose my shit. Let alone if someone bit me, I don't know if I'd get back in the water. But it's hard to say. Maybe I would. I don't Dude, know. Dude,
0: bit your arm off. Not bit my even arm like... off. I know.
1: I know. I Dude. don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I would do.
0: Yeah, like, really? Is it is it really a triumph of the soul to be like, I'm gonna go back into the same thing that almost killed me? I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're supposed to value that as that's a virtue? Like, she's dumb enough to go back in that water. <laughs> no, do pick something else up. It's ins- it would be it's suicide at that point, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, am I horrible? Am I totally off here? <laughs> I know, I'm supposed to be inspired by that movie. It just angered me that she went back into surfing. <laughs> the fuck on the beach. What are you
1: doing? What are you doing? Yeah, uh, no, I, yeah I, I think your point of view is hilarious. Oh, and that's okay. why I love comics, because they will come up with something that I hadn't <laughs> thought of. Even if I don't agree with it, I'll go, that's funny, it's funny. But
0: but am I wrong? I'm being serious. Like I don't you're think it's about right
1: or wrong. Conquer
0: I, that fear or something? Well,
1: again, I don't know what I would do if I ever... Yeah. Does that ever happened? Now, I've been in the water when I know there's maybe, you know, one time a buddy of mine was at a, at a break in a great white breached like 50, 20, 30 feet out there. But, I mean, I know the behavior oh of sharks. Boy. They mostly don't want to attack you. They don't want to bite humans. But it could happen. Statistically, it's like I get a better shot at winning this $317 million Powerball that's playing. Yeah. So to me, that story was inspirational because I was like, wow, I don't know if I could, but she did it. She went back in, you know, go for it.
0: <laughs> what if she had her other arm
1: <laughs> What? If, <laughs> but I also see your point of view. I laugh like, so
0: hard. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I told you don't go in there. Everybody told you to stop surfing. <laughs> Nobody wants you to do it again. Yeah. Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I never, yeah, I get back on the horse. Why?
1: Why? Right. Horses are stupid. But I, I hate horses. So How dumb.
0: much do you hate horses? They're dumb. They are the worst. <laughs> I do hate horses. <laughs> Fuck a horse. I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. Well, um, Graham, any other thoughts? Is there anything we've missed that maybe you'd like to say? Any oh, final? let me just say this. You know, yeah. when you
1: were asking me about, like, my regimen every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, here's what I'll say just for you or anybody else when it comes to, like, exercise. Oh, and yeah. Healthy. Help. Please find the thing that works for you. Okay. Like, uh, gym mem- like I don't go to the I gym anymore. The gym. I had a hip thing. I couldn't <sighs> I swim laps, hmm. I surf, I hmm. ride my bike and I do yoga. Okay, I like I like bikes and yoga. That's what I'm saying. Like f- whatever it is, if it's if it's jazzercise, if it's pole dancing, if it's yeah. hitting a heavy bag, whatever that thing is and however you can make it work in your life. Like before I had this hip injury, I would do those insanity workouts in my hotel room because mm-hmm. I just, you know, I got boy energy. So I like jumping around and oh, let's do it, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and then my hip was starting to mess with me so I couldn't do that anymore. So now I swim laps. I always stay in a hotel with a pool or something.
0: Oh, that's a good idea.
1: And I do yoga in my room and like swimming laps, 30 minutes, head to toe workout, lean. to do that. And then, the, and then the, the, the changing what I was eating like diets like crazy diets don't work or oh i'm going to do without and punish myself no 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 just start substituting things you know do some research and like i read the book eat right for your blood type that helped me and i've i've recently been reading some stuff about all of the natural sugars that are in a lot of foods and mm. you know the american diet oh my god it's got I can't so- imagine it's a it's a garbage heap oh. cuz
0: when i go on the road and i'm in the hotel and I asked the guy or the lady at the front desk, hey, what's good to eat around here? Yeah, steak and shake. Yeah. We got a burger, burger. I go, is all, all America only eats cheeseburgers and hot dogs yeah, and, and dog fried. shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys eating? I mean, nobody eats a vegetable.
1: Have you ever, do you know what one is? Have yeah. you ever seen one?
0: <laughs> it kills me. It really, it really
1: breaks my spirit. But sorry, but go ahead. Yes. So that's the thing. Like, and fine. And I really had to make it work for me on the road because the road yes. is hard. It'll crush your spirit. But. When I start to when I eat healthy on the road and when I'm working out, I feel better and it's kept me in good shape.
0: You look amazing. Oh, thank you, guys. Look up Graham Elwood. What's your Instagram?
1: At Graham Elwood is my Instagram, and
0: it's G R A H A M E L W O O G. Look at Graham Elwood. Look at this man. He (laughs) looks better than anybody else in L.A. And he doesn't look plat. He doesn't have like even have like facial work. (laughs) No, No. (laughs) you're you're. How old are you? Seventy two.
1: I'm seventy two years old. You look amazing. I just had eyelash implants. Yeah, and they're really helpful. And I'm single. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) no, are you single? Let let those ladies. (laughs) Yeah. So look, I'm going to be doing your podcast, Comedy Film Nerds Podcast. Uh, find him at Graham Elwood on Twitter, uh, GrahamElwood.com. And look up his movie, Afghanistan. Also, have you seen that movie, Restrepo?
1: Oh, Restrepo is like, that movie was so intense. And I'm sure you, yeah. I saw that and went, I wish I could have done a show up there.
0: Yeah, me too. Right? Real bad for him. I know
1: so many comics who were like, I would have flown up there and done a show.
0: Easy. I would drop me there. I I would do it. Yeah. I know. It's so crazy to do. Can I just tell you one time? So I did a show and they all just came back from patrolling these Marines, like just fresh in off. And they had their rucksacks and everything and they were just sitting on their rucksacks and you're in this like weird, it's always like a dining hall or like some makeshift.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Push the couches to the wall. (sighs) Yeah.
0: Of Marines will build you a stage out of yeah. matchsticks in 10 minutes yeah. and then break it all down. You're like, how the hell did you guys have a rain shower in my tent? They're amazing. But uh, yeah, I'll never forget that because I remember seeing what world they were in versus the world I inhabited that and I could see it from the minute I delivered my first joke like, oh, these these guys had just seen some shit like they had just come in from something I haven't I can't even comprehend. And it was a slow process of us connecting. You know, you do that with your audience. Because there's
1: there, those blank <sighs> stares. Yeah, yes. And it's not that they don't like you or don't find no, you funny. No, not they about me. They can't fucking... I remember just, again, I, I did a similar thing. And these guys had just come off patrol and this like 23-year-old kid and his face was all dirty and he was leaning against the yeah. wall. And he was just looking around like, what? There's some guy in a Cubs jersey telling jokes? Yeah,
0: it's the weirdest thing for them, I imagine. You know?
1: And then they thank you in ways that you, you yeah. know, can't even put into words.
0: Yeah. It's pretty fucking gnarly,
1: man. So gnarly. Uh, well,
0: anyways, do you know what that is? What's that? That's deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, Graham.
1: Thank you. You're awesome.
0: All right. That's it. I'm going to play a song now. Now
1: what? I don't know. Philosophize, Philosophize with, with. <laughs>